Amen. Are you excited to be in church this morning? If you're excited, let me hear you give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. I, I didn't say shout like your team scored. I said give the Lord a shout of praise. Yes, Lord. worshiping I don't know how many of you were paying attention and were worshiping with God in spirit but as we were worshiping I saw a cloud in the room and I was asking God God what is the meaning of this thing he says I'm releasing the former and the latter rain I'm releasing the rain and this is the beginning of what God is doing for us
Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that you have prepared to us and you have called us to dine at table with you this morning. I pray, O oh God, that you put your words in my mouth. Let me declare your words with accuracy and power. I pray, O oh God, that everyone in the next eight days will encounter you, will live with the touch of your hand. In the name of Jesus. And if you believe, let me hear you say a big amen. 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 This morning, I'm here to do John the Baptist ministry. I'm here to prepare you for camp. And I'm speaking. I believe that this is what God has laid on my heart for you. And I'm speaking on what I call catch the anointing. Somebody say, catch the anointing. Tell the one sitting by you that you must catch the anointing. Amen. So in, in church circles, if you've been in church for a while, the term anointing or the anointing oil is something that you've heard over and over again. Some understand it. Some presume to understand it. Some don't understand it. And in certain places it causes controversy there are there are some people that believe that the anointing with oil is old testament and we should leave it in the old testament but i read my bible in james chapter 5 and it says is any sick amongst you let him call the elders of the church anointing him with oil and the prayer of faith so shall heal the sick so when it comes to the anointing it is also present in the New Testament. Amen. So what is this thing called the anointing? If, if, if we are supposed to talk about the anointing in its totality, we can spend the entire year on this subject alone. Like last week, I was telling you, when it comes to things of God, there are levels to it. So Paul talks about the length, the height, the depth of the love of God. So when it comes to the anointing, we can talk about the length, the depth, and the height of the anointing. There are different dimensions to it. But today I want to limit this presentation for the purposes of camp. So the first time we hear the word anointing men mentioned in the Bible in reference to a human being, the first time we see the, someone, a place being anointed, it was a stone that was anointed. When Jacob anointed a stone, the place where he put his head and he slept and he, he saw the heavens open, angels ascending and descending. He anointed that place. But the first time we see the term anointing used in reference to a man is when God was asking Moses to go and anoint his brother Aaron and his sons to serve him as priests. Somebody say the anointing. We are preaching together today again. So, God calls Moses in Exodus chapter 28, the verse number 41. He says, call your brother Aaron and his sons and bring them to the gate of the tent of meeting, the entrance of the tent of meeting, and anoint them and consecrate them that they might serve me as priests. So prior to their anointing, they couldn't serve as priests. Prior to 
this thing we call the anointing, Aaron was the mouthpiece of his brother Moses. God told him that you shall be like a God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your mouthpiece because you said you cannot speak. So Aaron was functioning as a mouthpiece. But for Aaron to now function as priest, he needs the anointing. Somebody say the anointing. So the, the Hebrew word used is mashak in this context. Another Hebrew word also translated carrying the same meaning is the word mimshak. It means to smear, to smear with oil, right? So in, in Hebrew, if you wake up in the morning and you are creaming your body, you are smearing with oil, you are smearing with your Nivea, you are smearing with your Inkuto, that is Mimshak, you are smearing, you are anointing yourself, right? But in this context, the term anointing means one, to consecrate and set apart for a particular task. To consecrate and set apart for a particular task. Number two, in this context, it means to empower them for the task at hand. You see, you can be called to do something, but you don't have what it takes to do. Amen. So, not only have you been set apart for the task, when the anointing comes upon you, it sets you apart for the task, but it also comes to empower you for the job. Somebody say the anointing. And throughout the Old Testament, anyone who did any meaningful thing for God had to be anointed. You can't do the work of God without first being empowered by God. So Aaron and his sons, to serve as high priests, priests and Levites, they had to be anointed. King Saul had to be anointed to be king. King David, Samuel told, God told King, uh, Samuel the prophet in 1 Samuel chapter 17, he says, how long will you continue to mourn for Saul since I have rejected him? Pick up the horn of oil and go to the house of Jesse. Over there, I have appointed one of his sons to be king. So God was going to appoint David to be king. The appointment process was through the anointing. Somebody say the anointing. Oh, say it like you believe it. Yes. Say it like you want to catch it. Yes. Amen. So, you see, in church circles, I won't take my time, we'll build up and get to it. In church circles, when we anoint, we anoint primarily with oil. Somebody say oil. oil. I remember someone asked me, so, when I was on campus, someone asked me, so, when you go into ministry, what will you be doing? Because some people think that ministry is not work. I said, I'm going into the oil business. Uh, it's, it's oil business because we anoint people with oil. We are going to do the work of God with oil. So primarily we anoint with oil. So when God was calling Moses to go and anoint Aaron, he had Moses go with the anointing oil, anoint Aaron, and even anoint his clothes for the work. God told someone, pick up the horn of oil, go to the house of Jesse. I've appointed one of his sons to be king. James chapter 5 tells us, is any sick amongst you, let them call the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. So we anoint with oil, but sometimes there is the tendency to place our faith and our belief in the oil. 
and forget the power behind the oil. Amen. I want us to, I'm building us to a certain point. You see, the oil, the olive oil, the Borges olive oil, the Sambroso olive oil that we use. If you come to my house in the kitchen, sometimes I used to fry egg. So the power is not in the oil. I remember one time a friend came to visit me. And went to the kitchen and he saw the body. He says, ah, so the anointing oil is to fry egg. I said, the power is not in the oil. The power is in the spirit of God. Amen. <laughs> so, though we anoint with oil, the power is not in the oil. I hope you are getting me. The olive oil, we just press the olive, olive uh, fruits and we get oil. It's just seeds that we press and we get oil. Right? But when we consecrate the oil, we pray over the oil, the power of God imbues the oil and it's able to accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. Amen. So, the power of the anointing is not in the oil, but in the spirit of God. Let's look at a case study. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Bible tells us, Jesus speaking. This is Jesus himself speaking. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me how did the Spirit of the Lord come upon you? He says, because he has anointed me. So the anointing that Jesus received was not even primarily with oil. Because the Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that at the Jordan, whilst he was being baptized, the Bible says he came out praying and the Spirit descended upon him in the bodily form like a dove. And they heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he came out, the Bible says he came out in the power of the spirit and his fame spread abroad. And when he came out from the wilderness, the Bible says he went straight into the tabernacle and he took the book of the law and opened to this portion of scripture. And he says, The spirit of the Lord it's upon me because he has anointed me. Somebody say, God, anoint me. Yeah, you are not saying like you want to catch it. Somebody say, Lord, anoint me. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says, how God anointed Jesus. This is Peter speaking, speaking of the Lord. and says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good, healing all them that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So when he was anointed, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. So some of you, when you come to a church service or you come to a place, when we have not laid hands on you, you have not been touched with oil. You are saying that I have not been anointed. But the anointing is not the oil, the anointing is the spirit. Somebody say, catch the anointing. Oh, yes, Lord. Papa Libra and Tashkavaya. 
Today I'm just here to provoke you some more. So, why must we be anointed? Why must we catch the anointing? Why must you catch the anointing? Number one, you must catch the anointing because the anointing breaks limitations and barriers in your life. You must catch the anointing. And as we are going to camp, somebody, I don't know about you, but me, I'm going to catch the anointing. Because I read my Bible, and in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken off from thy shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. See, maybe, you see, when you read it, the yoke here is not the yoke in your ego. Eh? When the Bible says yoke, you see, in those days, when you have a farmland and you are going to plow the farmland, eh, you need to connect the oxen to the plow. And in connecting the oxen to the plow, the device used to connect them is what we call the yoke. Right? So you are yoked to the plow. That is why the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. Because when you are unequally yoked with an unbeliever, it's like putting a donkey and a cow together to plow. Right? And sometimes, we are yoked to certain things in our life. We are bound to certain things in our life. Some things are holding us back from getting to our next level. Some things have become limitations. This week, I was reading the book of Acts. And when I came to Acts chapter 16, I was reading the portion where Paul and Silas were in prison, giving praying and giving praise to God. And the Bible says the foundations of the prisons were open and the doors flung open and their chains fell off and they came out. And the Holy Spirit told me, Bethmon, there are some people to whom I have opened doors, but their chains are not off. You can have an open door. You see the opportunity. You see where God is taking you. You see what God wants to do with your life. But there is a chain holding you bound. There is a yoke that has held you bound. This morning I came to announce to somebody. If only you would catch the anointing. If only you would hunger and test for the anointing. If you would move beyond the oil and catch the spirit. The yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. Yoke represents weaknesses. Some of you, God is going to do great things with you and the first thing you open your mouth and say is, I am shy. When the anointing comes upon you, every limitation known as shyness, every limitation known as I cannot do it, every limitation that holds you bound shall be broken because of the anointing. Somebody lift up your hand and shall God anoint me. So we must be anointed because the anointing will break their yoke. I read my Bible the other day and when Peter, Jesus was being persecuted, he was going through his passions and going to be hanged on the cross. Peter met a small girl. Somebody said small girl. See, maybe you don't know Peter. Peter is the one who when soldiers came took sword, cut off somebody's ear. So the guy is like, he's not Shaddai Fierro like that. But 
but he met a small girl and, and, and bondage overcame him. Fear overcame him. A great apostle wanted to preach, but small girl, small bondage, small fornication, small pornography, small masturbation, and it has flawed Peter. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell on them, somebody after camp, the pornography that has been flowing you, the masturbation that has been flowing you, that fornication that you are not seeing top, if you would move beyond the flesh and catch the anointing, I declare to some of you this morning that every yoke, every chain is coming off in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, Lord. Kapali Shadabaha. Somebody say catch the anointing. Oh yes. Second reason why you must catch the anointing. The anointing will make you another man. Somebody say another man. Another man. First Samuel chapter 10. First Samuel chapter 10 from verse 1. Can I have it on the screen? Doing from verse 1 to 6. So the story behind First Samuel chapter 10 is that in the chapter 9, Saul, future king, of Israel is going to look for his father's donkeys because the donkeys are missing. And his servant says, we have searched, we have used human effort, we cannot find these donkeys. I know that there is a certain prophet in the locality. There's a certain prophet in the vicinity. When we go and see him, he would show us where the donkeys are. He says, I don't have anything. His servant says, don't worry. As for the provisions, I will cater for it. Let's go and see the prophet. When I, was, when I was preparing for this message, one of the things I kept on seeing and recurring in scripture is that sometimes God reserves anointings to places. God sometimes reserves anointings to places. So when you are going to camp, it's not a place to go and have fun necessarily. It is a place where God has reserved for your anointing. So the chapter 10, when Samuel saw King Saul, you see, Saul was going with his own agenda. Somebody say agenda. Saul was going with his own agenda. But not knowing God too had an agenda. So when he got there, you see, Sometimes when you watch the, the Nigerian movies, the, the, the native doctors, when you get there, they tell you, I've been expecting you. <laughs> that is what happened with Saul. Saul was going to look for donkeys. When he got there, the prophet Samuel said, I've been expecting you. It says, then Samuel took the vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Let's read the verse 2. When thou have departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, 
the asses, the donkeys, which thou wentest to seek, are found. And lo, thy father has left care of the asses and sorrowed for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? The verse 3. Then thou shalt go on forward, and from thence thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there thou shalt meet three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, and one carrying three loaves of bread, and one carrying a bottle of wine. Verse 4. And they will salute you and give thee two loaves of bread, which you will receive of their hands. See, when the anointing comes upon your life, people will salute you. Somebody said they will salute. Some of you, in your house, your parents don't do anything with you. They think you are, you are sanquas. Maybe, unfortunately, they have even called you good for nothing. But when the anointing comes upon you, when you walk home, mommy that has been calling you useless will salute. You didn't hear me. These people didn't come to church. I said, when you go home, they will salute. He said, and thou shalt come to the hill of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is. And it shall come to pass that when thou art come tither to the city, thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with psaltery and a tablet and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. Verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. Somebody say another man. When Saul was going to meet someone, this man was a shy man. A shy man going to be anointed king. Even at his own coronation, the guy was hiding. But when the anointing came upon him, the Bible says that when he is going, he will meet a company of prophets. The last I heard, the last I studied from scripture, before you can join the prophet, you must be in the school of the prophets. Before you can prophesy, you must be in the company of the prophets. Amen. But here is a man whom God has anointed. In this world, sometimes they are saying that before you can join the upper class, you must be born into it. Before you can enjoy certain privileges, you must, you must be associated with them somehow. But I saw that the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he began to prophesy with them. You have been at the bottom of the class for too long. The last exam you wrote, you failed. And you are questioning, God, how shall these things be? I came to submit to you the last exams you wrote without anointing. But this time, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you are facing the paper as an anointed man. And when you pass the exams, they will say, Ah, is Quap now also part of the sacks? Are you also part of the top of the class? You tell them, Who no know go know? See, I remember there was one day, say one day, one day I was preaching on campus, standing by the roadside, shouting. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Then one of my mates from GSS saw me. She paused by the roadside. Because if I was here, I would pause too. 
Because what she was seeing was a miracle. This is Beth Moni Ajete Mensa. Stubborn boy. Hey. When I was in secondary school, I go to school in the morning and punishment is waiting for me. You, have not, you are not at that level. If, if you see, one of the reasons why I like to kneel down when I'm worshipping is because when I was in school, I was punished to kneel down. So I, when I repented, I told God, God, if I could do it as punishment, I would do it for you. <laughs> That's why I like kneeling down worship. Eh? Stubborn boy. But this girl paused, looking at me, because what she was seeing could not be. Hey, that mom preaching. <laughs> what she's seeing, her eyes are deceiving her. Then the Holy Spirit led me to look at her, and I saw that she was stunned. So I changed the message. I said, yes, this is what God can do. Oh yeah, we changed the message there. I said, this is what God can do. And somebody, if you catch the anointing, the Holy Spirit is going to transform you into another man. Hey. Hmm. They will pause because of you. When you come from camp, they will hold meeting. They will call caucus meeting. They will say that, is this, Sam, is this Alex? They'll say, no, it looks like him. They'll ask the other person, are you sure this is Alex? No, he has a structure. Then Alex will walk in. Maybe you don't get this right. This is me. This is me. What you had meant for evil, God has transformed me. The anointing of God has come and picked me from the low place and brought me to my high place. What you are seeing is another man. Somebody put your hand on your head and say, God anoint me. Some of the things that you need to do, you need the anointing. Another reason why you must be anointed. When you, when you are anointed, eh, the anointing will empower you to do the impossible. Somebody say empower you. To do the impossible. See, there are certain things that have been couched impossible by men. Give me Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. <laughs> See, there are certain things that are impossible. Though. By men, it is impossible. Uh, by men, it is impossible. For 40 days, there was a giant... In a valley, taunting and mocking the nation of Israel, saying, Bring me a champion. That's why do we fight? Bring me a champion. Let's, you see, we are coming to kill too many people. Let's stop it. Bring me a champion. The Bible says, For 40 days, 40 nights, Goliath was there taunting them, and the whole nation of Israel was quiet. Because when they look at themselves and they look at Goliath, it is an impossible fight. <clears throat> I remember when I was in GSS, the biggest boy in the school is called Louis Papa Flex. That was his name, Louis Papa Flex. 
the biggest boy in the school. We were in the science lab and he insulted me and I said, I will not have it. Come and see fight. Cool, 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 cool. They took us to the headmistress office. The headmistress looked at me, look at the boy. Look at me, look at the boy. Look at me, look at the boy. She said, what is wrong with you? When you saw this, didn't you run away? She said, mismatch. And the way the headmistress felt, that is how the whole nation of Israel felt. When they look at themselves and they look at Goliath, eh? see, there are some battles, it is over before it started. <laughs> it's like some papers, when you are going to write it. <laughs> you have failed before you write. See, imagine going to fight a man. Imagine going to fight a man. Eh? And the one holding his shield alone is bigger and taller than you. Yeah, Goliath had a special armor bearer for his shield alone. So, before you can even go and meet Goliath, the one bearing his shield is bigger and taller than you. Hey! It is an impossible fight. But the, 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 the problem was the people at the battleground were missing something. Because I read in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that the prophet Samuel took his vial and went to the house of Jesse and went to anoint a small boy in the house called Goliath. So when they went to the battleground, indeed it was a mismatch. But it wasn't a mismatch between it wasn't a mismatch that David was a small one going to face Goliath. It was a mismatch because David was anointed. Goliath was not. Eh? That was the mismatch. So to everybody, it was impossible. David looks at Goliath. He says, look at the name. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? There are things that, humanly speaking, it is impossible to do. In Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power. You see, might represents the strength of the arm. Eh? What, what you can do on your own strength when you put one and two together. See, sometimes you, you some people, sometimes what people call breakthrough, is not breakthrough, it is connection. You put one and two together. You call one person, you call another person, you call another person, then you can mobilize resources. That is, that is might. Eh? Your, 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 your network, your net worth becomes your might. Yeah, so you can put things together. But God is telling Zerubbabel, what we are about to do, it is not might. Mm? Some of you, you are facing an impossible situation. When you call all your uncles and your aunties together, they can't gather what you need. Eh? You don't have the connection. He says, it's not by power. He said, knowledge is power. So it's not by, by human intellect. It's not by human intellect. It is the power of God. It says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Because what Zerubbabel, you are about to do, men have started and failed. What God is calling you to do, you look at your family. This person started a business, it failed. 
This person also started a business. It failed. Maybe in your family, you are the only one that has started going to school. You look at your, after secondary school, it is going to be end of the road. Going to the university is beginning to look like an impossible task. Somebody, you are looking at your results, and everything is looking impossible. But I came to announce to somebody that the word of the Lord says it's not by might and it's not by power. But it says, but my spirit, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Give me the verse 7. Give me 7 and 8. It says, who art thou, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? There are mountains who. He says, you shall become a plague. He shall break forth the headstone thereof with shoutings and cryings, grace, grace unto it. Where men have gone and failed because of the anointing, you shall go and come back crying, singing grace unto God, glory to God, giving thanks to God, and we shall shout and declare. But he says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, me the verse 9, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. And his hands shall also finish it. I don't know what God has spoken to you or what God will speak to you in this season. But if you will catch the anointing behind the word, not only will you begin, you will finish. Amen. The last one, before I move to how to catch the anointing. Eh. Number four, you need to be anointed. Because when you are anointed, God is with you. God is with you. You see, God is with all of us. Amen. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, he comes to dwell in our hearts by faith. But there is what we call the presence of God and we call the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God. When you, are, when you carry the anointing and you walk in the anointing, you walk with the manifest presence of God. So the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God was with him. God was with him. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, give me the verse number 7. He says, and from that day, do as occasion demands, for God is with you. What he was saying is that he says, now when you leave, do what you want to do. Because the first time you did it, you didn't have God on your side. He says, do as occasion demands. The same things that you go and do and you are failing, now you can do it because you have God on your side. I don't know, but me, when I go to camp, I'm not coming back the same. I am coming back with God. So, I am not coming to face life on my own again. When I walk, God is at my side. You know, when you're a small boy, and you have a big brother, and your brother is strong, your brother goes to the gym, the muscles are well defined. Eh? When you're walking, or he comes to pick you in school, you're not afraid. When the, when the school bully is doing rough, you can go and punch him and come and stand by your brother. Eh? 
after camp. When I come back, I'm working with God. When the devil starts making noise, I can tell him, hey, shut up. When he says, where is your authority? Then I point, God is with me. God is with me. Let's go and do as occasion demands. For God is with you. God is with you. Somebody say, catch the anointing. Catch the anointing. So, there are so many things the anointing can do. Right? You to go and read your Bible and find some. But, I want to tell us on how to catch the anointing. These are not... Thoroughly exhaustive, but like I said, for the purposes of come. Number one, you need to desire it. You need to desire it. It must become an overriding, overwhelming desire. Eh? There, are, there are some people that, they are, you see, the things of the spirit, they answer to hunger. Somebody say hunger. The things of the spirit, they answer to hunger. The Bible says, blessed are they that hunger and test after righteousness. They shall be filled. So if you want the anointing, you must hunger and test for the anointing. The anointing is not going to come to people that feel like me, I'm, I'm a lady. You can't be sitting, uh, you can't be shouting plenty, you know. can't be doing, No. It comes to those who want it. Those who desire it. In 2 Kings chapter 2, the Bible tells us that Elijah the prophet is about to leave the scene. And his protege, one of the, the sons in the school of the prophets, by name Elisha, is with him. And Elisha is moving with Elijah. Elisha wants something from Elijah. He says, man of God, I know that you have a nice car. People are envying your cars. I know God is about to take you. I don't need a car. You have nine suits. You have a collection of suits that you can hand over to me. I don't need the suits. Even the shoes... Also, for me and you, we wear the same size. Says so I don't need the shoes. It is the thing upon you. The anointing you carry. You are not going to live here with that anointing. You will leave it behind and you will not leave just the anointing. You will leave a double portion. And I want that to be the hunger in your spirit. When the men of God come to come and preach at camp, don't waste time admiring the suit. Admiring the shoe. Looking back, admiring the car in which he came. Pause. We want what he carries. We want the spirit in the message. We are not satisfied with it. We want the spirit. When Eli Elisha was moving with Elijah, the Bible says, then came the sons of the prophets. They came to Elijah, Elisha. They said, do you know that your master is about to be taken away. When we go to camp, you hear some people, ah, this message they preached last year. This message I know, from here he will go here. As I'm preaching, some of you is in your head, eh, this scripture, eh, I'll go there still. From here we'll go here. 
Elisha told Elijah, hey, keep quiet. He told the sons of the prophet, he says, keep quiet, keep quiet, hold your peace. When, when they are distracting you at camp, then I see, hold your peace. What I want is different from what you want. My needs are different from yours. Maybe you, maybe what is chasing you is an ant in your family. You can turn and squash it. But me, what is chasing me is a legion of lions. So I cannot come to camp and be distracted as you are. So yes, you are spoken. It is an old message. I understand. The man of God is going away. I understand. But hold your peace. I will not be distracted. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I'm warning you. Turn to another person and say, I'm warning you. This camp, no distraction. Hey! Sons of the prophets, there, there has come opportunity for anointing. And they are discussing. Oh, they say, oh, message, we are after you go for camp one or two or three times, after all, what? It's almost the same thing. You are lying. It's not the same thing. Elisha told them, hey, you, is the, if it's the same thing for you, we like it. Hold your peace. Don't talk plenty. Hold your peace. Me, I'm going to look for the anointing. So they went to Gilgal. He says, oh, Elijah says, oh, why won't you wait here? He says, no, as, as God lives. Where you go, I will go. They went from Gilgal to Jericho. He says, why won't you pause here? He says, Lila, I didn't come this far to turn back. So we get to camp on Wednesday. You are catching something. Somebody say, ah, but Wednesday you fell down. You, they, they laid hands on you. Who told you I came for only Wednesday's own? I want Thursday's own as well. <laughs> then they went to, they, they came to Jericho. They said, ah, as for you, Thursday too, they laid hands on you. You fell down. That's the as the man of God was preaching. I saw you shaking. You received the anointing. You received the power of God. What again are you looking for? Who told you I came for Holy Thursday? I'm going for Friday's anointing as well. He went uh, and they went to Jordan. Kadabaha. And the, the Bible says there came chariots of fire from heaven and caught up Elijah. But the Bible says his mantle fell. And one of the exciting things I like about scripture is sometimes the, the little details it hides there. When the mantle fell, I thought because Elisha was the only one in the atmosphere of the anointing, the mantle would fall upon him. But it didn't fall upon him or it fell on the ground. The guy had to take it. Then I remember the scripture says, from the time of John the Baptist up till now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violence, they take it by force. This year at camp, say to somebody, leave me alone. I'm catching an anointing. Do not disturb me. I am catching the anointing. Hey, intercessors, some of the problems, you solve it on your own. Uh, security. Some of the problems you solve it on your own. Because in the service, me too. Hey! We are catching the anointing. See, the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood had something that was holding her bound. She, she, she had a limitation for 12 years. I don't know, but 
to carry the same limitation for 12 years is hard. You have been at the bottom of the class for 12 years. You have, you have been struggling with masturbation for 12 years. But you see, the woman under, you see, when you read that story in the Bible, the woman understood something that we don't understand because we are Ghanaians when we read. But the woman knew this, you see. The, the people of, of Israel, they understood something. That when God anointed Aaron, the clothes too were anointed. When God anointed Aaron, the clothes too were anointed. So in Psalm 133, the Bible tells us how good and pleasant it is for brethren to gather together in unity. It is like the oil that pours upon the head of Aaron, trickles down his beard and even onto his garments. So the woman had an understanding that, see, Jesus is in the midst of the crowd. Maybe this man of God cannot find me to lay his hands upon me, but it will not stop me from being blessed. It will not stop me from catching the anointing. She knew the location of the anointing and said, I am going to catch this anointing. So this woman had an issue of blood. She was bent over in the crowd. She goes, somebody pushes her. She turns to the next place, they push her. There is discouragement all over the place. She says, I know what I came for and I will not live without it. She persevered in the midst of the crowd. And the Bible says, when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus paused. Touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus was the one who said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. But when they touched his dress, he paused. He says, virtue has left me. Power has left me. Then he, tell, he told the disciples, he said, somebody has touched me. Peter says, ah, Jesus, are you joking? In the midst of this crowd, you want to tell me somebody touched you? Jesus was trying to tell Peter, hey, there is a touch and there is a touch. I don't know about you, but in this camp, me, I'm going to touch God. I'm going to touch God. Hey. Somebody say, catch the anointing. So we must desire it. Number two. Kapalaba Shadabaha. You must listen with rapt attention, expectation, and faith. Listen with rapt attention, expectation, and faith. So in the beginning, we have, we have laid a foundation that the anointing, the power of the anointing is the spirit. Right? It's not the oil. It's the spirit. So somebody don't cry and say that they've not laid hands. So see, you can be here as I'm preaching. Some people are catching an anointing. Some two are clapping. Yes, Lord. So I said you must listen with rapt attention, expectation, and faith. Jesus said in John chapter 6, the verse number 66. Can I have it on the screen? Oh, yes, Lord. Somebody put your hand on your head and say, Lord, anoint me. Somebody say, Lord, anoint me. Kabe sodobo 
La panta iko rasata baha. La tata ikolabo shadabahe. Liko shadabaha. Says the flesh profited nothing. Go to 63. Yeah. It says it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when you go to camp and the word of God is coming, that is not the time to be messing around. When we are in service and they are leading prayer and they are saying, stay after me, that is not the time to be pressing your phone. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, the words are not ordinary words. It says, they are spirit and they are life. Give me Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2. Kapatiko shadabaha. Hey, palo shadabadi anta. He says, and the spirit entered into me. When he spake unto me and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spoke unto me. So he says, whilst the voice was yet speaking, the spirit entered into me. As you are, see, we don't have to wait to form two cues to be anointed. No. I remember that I remember one time I was listening to sweet melodies. Bishop Doug was preaching on the prayer of Daniel. And I was asleep. You know when I listen to something, you fall asleep. I was asleep. And in the midst of my sleep, something entered me. Oh, yeah. Because before I fell asleep, I was listening with rapt attention, expectation, and faith. And he says, and the spirit entered into me. When he spake unto me and set me upon my feet. As we go to camp, you are not just hearing the see. Yes, you might have heard the message before, but there is still the spirit behind that word. I don't take messages for granted. Though. So sometimes when I'm there and I'm listening to one message over and over and over again, sometimes people ask me, into one prayer. I say, see, there is something that I must catch that I have not caught. Some of you, you come to service, who preach, who put a message on the podcast. You never really listen to it. So you went away with the letter of the word. But Paul says, we have been called as ministers, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. What we need is the spirit. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44, Peter had been sent by God to the house of Cornelius to go and preach the gospel. Cornelius, a Gentile man, the Bible says, when Peter came to his house, Cornelius told Peter, hey, since God told us to come and call you and we heard that you were coming, I prepared my family members and they were sitting down. Give me Acts chapter 10 verse 44. The Bible says, and he said, he had gathered them, they sat down waiting anxiously for the coming of Peter to come and preach. But the Bible says, but while he yet spoke, the spirit fell upon them. And they began 
to speak in new tongues and they prophesied as the spirit gave them a chance. Somebody, if you will listen with the ears of faith, if you will not go to camp and be distracted as I'm speaking unto you, if you will catch this anointing, your life will never be the same. It says, as they listened, they listened, they listened. There, was, there wasn't laying on of hands. When I read in Acts chapter 20 and 21, when it came to Paul, Paul laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. But the Bible says, Acts Peter yet still spoke. The people's expectation, the people's heart, their willingness to receive. And the Bible says, asked he yet still, he didn't even finish the message. Peter did not even finish the message. If you go to, see, sometimes in, in praise and worship, you can catch the anointing. In intercession, you will catch the anointing. The man of God can just read the scripture and you will catch the anointing. But it, it, it depends on the heart with which you are listening. See, anybody that is going to become an evil bird to distract somebody at camp, repent. Repent. Eh? Because when you eh, see, when you miss it, it's painful. As he yet still speak. The guy didn't finish the sermon. No. In the middle of the sermon. Come on. The last one of today. Catch the anointing by walking in the word. Walking in the word. Job chapter 29, verse 6. Job chapter 29, verse 6. Job chapter 29, verse 6. He says, when I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. Somebody, let's read it together. Verse 6 again. When I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. You see, butter uh, is, is got from the churning of milk. Right, when you churn milk, that's when we get butter. And I read my Bible, and the Bible says that we should desire the sincere milk of the word, that we may grow thereby. So, Job is saying that there came a time I washed my feet with butter. I didn't. I wasn't just a hearer of the word. I didn't just come to write notes. I didn't just come to shout. I receive it. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. I handle it. No. He says, I did all that, but I washed my feet with butter. It means I walked in the word. I walked in the word. I heard the word of the Lord that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the place of strength I realized was the place of prayer. So I began to pray. I didn't just hear it. I began to pray. Then I began to walk in the word. I began to walk in the word. And it says, when I washed my steps with butter, the rock poured me out. Rivers of oil. It's not just, it says rivers, multiplicity of anointings. 
multiplicity of anointing. See, one thing I, I learned from Elijah and Elisha eh, is that the anointing you can request. Someone is a request. So there, he said, rivers of oil. That means there are multiplicities of the anointing. But Elisha, see, I don't know what came over Elisha. I'm sure he had access to a certain revelation that we don't know of. Because if you ask me, when I was in Teen Chapel and I see Uncle Bijou preach, I want to become like Uncle Bijou. But this guy looks at Elijah. He says, Prophet, I know you carry something. But if I tell you I want only what you carry, I'm lying. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Elisha was doing his quiet time one day. And he read Ephesians 3.20. Where the Bible says, Now God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all you can ask or think. So it just crossed his mind. God, maybe you can give me double portion of Elijah. So Elijah asked me, what would you have me do? He says, I would that you, you will get a double portion of what is on you will fall upon me. Elijah looked at it because Elijah now even his one portion has not finished working in it. <laughs> he says, you have asked a hard thing. You have asked a hard thing. But hey, Elijah was like, yeah, I know the trick. I know the secret. I must wash my steps in butter. So man of God, where you step, I'll step. Where you walk, I'll walk. You go to Gilgal, we'll go to Gilgal. You go to Jericho, we'll go to Jericho. You go to Jordan, we'll go to Jordan. He says, and the, and the rock poured me out. Rivers of oil. If anybody asks me how, Bethmon, you became anointed. For me, this is me. All I have is God and the Bible. We read the Bible, we walk in it. I've been telling the intercessors, see, sometimes working with God is not complicated. You read the Bible, you see it, you do something. Simple. Eh? You read it, you see it, you do something. Somebody say it with me. You read it, you see it, you do something. It's simple. Nothing complex. You read it, you see it, you do something. So I wash my steps with butter. And the rock poured me out rivers of oil. So one river, the anointing to heal the sick. One river, the anointing to preach. One river, the anointing to teach. One river, the anointing to go and cast out every devil that has been tormenting you. Some of you, God is, was telling me last night that after camp, eh, not only will you be anointed, your clothes will be anointed. Yeah. I, I saw this thing with my eyes yesterday whilst I was praying. That there are some of you, you sat in class and you gave your pencil to somebody and it cast out a demon from the person. Pencil, pencil. Because God was telling me that the anointing that is being released, it is the overflowing anointing. Eh? Somebody, we need to tell the world to get ready. We are going to re-announce ourselves on Sunday. On Sunday, when we come out, I don't know if you've seen that picture, where you see cats going into the room of prayer. 
and they are coming out as lions. We are, we are going to camp as cats. But when we come out and they ask us, we are roaring lions. We are roaring lions. The world will not know what hits them. They will ask, what happened to you? I caught the anointing. So when we go to camp, see, don't wait for hands to be laid on you. Desire. See, whilst the man is speaking, you can catch it. You can catch it. Amen. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Kalaba Shadabaha. Mantolobo Shadabaha. I want you to begin to pray. Pray and say, Lord, anoint me. Anoint me. The Bible says when Jesus was baptized, he came out praying and the Holy Spirit came upon him. I want you to put your hand on your head and say, Lord, anoint me. Begin to speak in the language of the Spirit. Kapo Shadabaha. La ta 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 barababosh keveliada.
Santa. 